podcast, a podcast where you will learn about high school basketball, college basketball, and the state of New Jersey. Remember, if you can shoot, you can play. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest, someone that I uh, look up to, someone that um, has, you know, always been there for me if I needed advice, whether it's in uh, my professional life, coaching, or just in life general, you know, I have so much respect for this man and his father. It's just, you know, it's an honor to, to be able to have somebody like this, you know, just to sit down and, you know, just pick his brain and talk to him about different things that's going on with basketball. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to welcome NJCU head men's basketball coach, Mark Brown. Coach Brown, say what's up. How you doing? Good afternoon, everybody. Hope everybody's safe. Yeah, how you been? How you been holding up in the uh, in the pandemic, man? How's everything coming on on your end? Uh, hanging in there, coach. Uh, it's been rough uh, at first. It was a, it was nice to take a little two week break, but this two week break <laughs> has gone on too long. <laughs> yes, I'm looking yes, for- yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into the office, but we're still working from home, man. A lot of Zoom meetings. A lot of phone calls, and we're still working from home, working hard. Yeah, I, I miss the gym dearly. Miss being in the gym, working with my guys. I'm pretty sure you can understand that also. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to jump right into it. You know, we just, you know, my show is basically just, you know, trying to get, you know, a lot of coaches from the local area and a couple college, a couple high school coaches and a couple college coaches also. And I just had to reach out to you to get you, you know, to let people hear, you know, what kind of man you are and what kind of coach you are and, you know, your playing career and things of that nature. You know what I mean? Well, number one, I appreciate the kind words, man. And I've always had a lot of respect for you as one of my young brothers in this coaching uh, field. Um, I always try to support mm-hmm. anyone that comes behind me the same way people that came before me supported me. So I think that's important. For sure, man. For sure. I appreciate it. So just give uh, a spiel about yourself, you know, about where you play high school basketball and, you know, you know, where did you trans after high school? Where did you transition into college? OK, uh, my stories, uh, you know, like a lot of other stories, you know, I'm an Essex County guy, born and bred. I was born in Newark, grew up in East Orange. Okay. Uh, at 14, we moved out East Orange to South Orange and I went to Columbia High School in Essex County. For four years, uh, graduated as a all first team Essex County player, all first team all state. Um, and, you know, my size was an issue. And I know you know what that what I mean when I say that. That was yes. that, you know, yeah. I was I was looked at as being small and obviously right around the corner from Seton Hall that none of them offered me a scholarship. But some other local schools in Jersey did St. Peter's. But I fell in love with Siena. I fell in love with Mike Dean. I fell in love with the program, had never even heard of CN. I went up to visit, and the way it was run, it was run like a big-time program. Um, They had never been to an NCAA tournament, NIT, never been to the postseason. So, you know, I took my dad's advice. You want to be a small fish in a big big ocean or big fish in a small pond? I wanted to be the big fish in a small pond. So I chose CN and went to CN. I had a great career. I played under a guy, Mike Dean, who's one of my mentors. And – um. You know, I had a great four-year career. Uh, it was w- one of the first teams to ever go to the postseason. We went to the NIT a couple of times, went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, just had a great career. And, and it was funny because I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's still a record. Uh, I didn't even realize this, but I graduated uh, and is one of only three players in the history of NCAA basketball to score with 2,000 points and have 750 assists. It was myself, Sherman Douglas, and Gary Payton. I never even knew that. So <laughs> I had a pretty good career, man. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, but yes, I, you did. Yeah, yes, it was a lot of did. fun. And, and um, you know, I was fortunate enough to develop in college. And, um, you know, I was able to play professionally for total, actually, of 15 years, from two, nine, 1991 to 2007. My first two years, I played in the CBA, mm-hmm. which was the, which is now the G League. Uh, I thought I should have been called up, uh, tried out for Philadelphia 76ers, one, one of the last cuts on that team. Uh, but my thing was I just kind of wanted to make some money playing ball. So after the two years in the, in, in the CBA, I took it overseas to Portugal and played up till 2007. So I did Portugal. Spain, Venezuela, France, Brazil, Mexico, and I retired in 2007, and, and, and my last stint was in France. So had a pretty productive professional career, and I've always kind of knew that I was going to transition into coaching. Uh, my mm-hmm. first opportunity was going to be to kind of join Mike Dean. He was at Wagner College at the time, but okay. uh, after all the traveling, playing, I really didn't want a, the Division One grind having long conversations with my father. Uh, he was ready to retire. It was a perfect segue, man, to kind of my, – my, my dream was to join him and to coach with him for at least a couple oh, of years, you know. Okay. That was my dream. But what happened was in, in the state colleges, there nepotism rules and laws in place where he being my dad couldn't be a direct supervisor of mine gotcha. on a job. So – he kind of was ready to retire anyway, so he retired, and I went from that transition of a player right into it. I retired in May of 2007, became the head coach at NJCU October 1st, 2007, and going to my 14th year. A lot yeah. of fun. See, the one thing that I gather from everything that you just told me is, you know, you it seemed like you had a good support system and you had real advice and you had a the big thing that's missing in our community with a lot of players and a lot of young up and coming players, a lot of, a lot of young men in general, you had father behind you to give you that advice, to make certain decisions for you. You know what I'm saying? To help you make your decision rather. So, you know, like you saying something as, you know, minute as, you know, when he told you like, look, Mark, you could go play, you know, wherever you want to, wherever you think you should, you want to play division one, but you're not going to be the man there. But if you go to Siena, you're gonna get a chance to, to, uh, to actually perform and stand out. Right. And you know, you being a young kid, you probably was like, well, you know, you know, Seton Hall sounds great. Siena. <laughs> right. And, and you were saying you didn't even hear, you never even heard of Siena, but when you went up there for the visit, you see how the program was ran, and with the the help of your dad, you was able to make a very sound decision. And you know, I did my, you know, I did my research, all time leading scorer. All time leading assist, dude. That ain't easy to do. I don't care what level you play. <laughs> right, definitely agree with that. You know what I'm saying. So I think the father aspect and the father having a a, a male mentor in young guys' life is very very important. And I think that's what you do at NJCU that a lot of people don't see. They see winning basketball games or whatever the case is, but you got a guy on your team that's, you know, that was basically on the street. Right. Yeah. You know, just talk about his situation for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Sam Tony's a special guy. Uh, 
I got a call about Sam Tony about five years ago. Unbelievable story, um, Coach. It really is, man. He um, He's a guy that has been through the foster system. He's been through over 40 different foster homes in his life. Um, he was working basically at Target down in South Jersey. And it was always kind of like he was kind of like a summer league and fall league legend. And he right. always his mission was always get to school. And it was all about school, man. You know, his major is national security studies. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it was all about him just getting back in school. And a good friend of mine, Butch Ingram, called me about him. I had never seen him play. I just took kind of. But, but, took his word. Yeah, I just took his word and I had coached his son. He's a great guy. He's a mentor of mine. He's a friend of my dad's. He's a South Jersey legend, Camden guy. And our boy Sam up and he and he kind of has created a real awesome career for himself. He just finished his senior year, scoring 1,700 points, was All-American. We're working on him now, getting him some representation. Uh, and most likely, he's going to play professionally overseas somewhere. So, unbelievable story unbelievable young man uh and he's a kind of an example of it never being too late he came to me as a 24 year old freshman <laughs> wow. he just turned 28 wow. and he's gonna graduate in december with his degree uh so i'm real proud of sam and what he's accomplished what he's yeah, done I mean, this is kind of what we do we try to try to shape uh we get him as young as young 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 men and we try to we hope they leave us as seasoned men that's what the plan yeah, is. yeah. And um, I read an article on Sam, and he was, and the article stated that, uh, you know, when he first got there, he was kind of immature. Yeah. And he was kind of like, you know, he didn't really take it serious his freshman year, and then he became a captain. Like I think it's his sophomore year, right? right. His junior. Year, yeah, like yeah. He was tough to coach, man. He kind of was a know-it-all, and you know, if you know it all. You, you're going to butt heads with me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, but he quickly fell in line, man. And uh, he was one of the leaders of the team. Obviously the last three, four years. And he's going to yeah. be sorely missed for sure. See, see we're young guys. They don't understand. And I didn't understand either. And I tell kids all the time, like, you know, coaching high school, you get kids and they're like, Oh coach, I don't know. I don't know where I want to go. You think I could play D2. I was like, I got two D3s you could go to that I know you're going to get. You're going to get some good basketball, and they're going to teach you how to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. I've had kids, you know, I'm not going to say any names, and I have kids like, oh, NJCU, nah, I'm, I'm, I ain't trying to play for Coach Brown. He too, he too serious. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that, and that's, that's a compliment, though. Right. You understand what I'm saying? That's a compliment because a lot of these kids need that structure, that discipline. And if Sam Tony didn't have that structure and discipline, yeah, he probably would have turned out okay. But he benefited from you just as you benefited from him. You know what right. I mean? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> we're going to move on now. I saw in a uh, – you know, you, you got to talk about this, man. I saw in the you, your first, the first round, I forgot what year it was, when you guys went to the NCAA tournament. Right. And you guys knocked off Stanford. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. And you, you, you had the uh, you had the game-clinching free throws, and you you had 30-something points and, like, eight assists or whatever. Like, talk about that game, how, you know, you were just – you know, <clears> I knew, knowing your mindset, you was like, I don't care if you play for Stanford or you play for Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I don't care who you are, I'm I'm gonna go at you. And me watching you play out, and I remember Cav Brown was always telling me, I'm Dion, I'm gonna take you to watch this guy, Mark Showtime Brown play. I'm like, who, who are you 
talking about, man? <laughs> tell me about Mark Brown. Right. So he's like, he a pro, he playing Brazil. And it took me one time and I was like, wow. But just, you know, that, let me let me get back on track. Just talk about uh that game for a quick second. Well, it was interesting anyway, because uh, it's funny that they're talking about it now. We were just so excited to play in front of fans because in 1989, we mm. were part of the measles epidemic. We had a measles epidemic at on campus, and we played our last yeah. seven regular season games, including the North Atlanta Conference Championship on ESPN with no fans. We played uh -huh. in empty gyms for seven seven games. So, um, wow, that's why it's so funny hearing now talk about next season being played in empty gyms with this pandemic. I've done this as a player. Uh, so, yeah, you've been there. Yeah, so we, we were just excited to play in front of people, <laughs> to be honest with you. So we were excited. It was down in Greensboro at the Coliseum in the first round in the Eastern Eastern Regional. And obviously we were the underdog. Stanford was not only um, the third seed in the tournament, but they were ranked 12th in the country. But we felt good about the matchup because, uh, you know, we ran the ball and we shot threes. The way basically the Golden State Warriors are playing now, we played that way then. Um, that was kind of we didn't play as fast as Loyola Marymount back then, but we were similar to that. We were one of the highest score teams in the country, and we just felt it was a great matchup. We had bigs that could run the floor. They kind of were like a half court team, um, and we felt that we had a good matchup against them. And we were excited about the matchup, and it just so happened the shots were falling that night for me. So that was a good night. Yeah, good night. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I, I could imagine, man, you know, just that feeling of knocking off a number one seed uh, or number two seed, whatever the, whatever seed they were. But just the validation to letting people know, like, yeah, you don't have to be at a Stanford, be at a Duke or be at whatever. Division one basketball is division Absolutely. one basketball. Obviously, there's levels, but, you know, you you felt – I'm pretty sure you felt like I could have played that Stanford. Sure. You know, they, they didn't have nobody there doing something that i never seen before. But uh, that, that's definitely a big accomplishment. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember you were saying that you um, became the uh, – you are the all-time leading scorer and assist guy at Siena. And I, I don't think anybody's going to get close, man. So you got that. That's, that's <laughs> you gonna, I, well, I'm not assist. Ronald, Ronald Moore passed me in assist. I'm second in assist oh, okay. now. But I'm still all-time leading scorer. Yeah, yeah, he was a good player. He passed me in assist. He got me. <laughs> Okay, Sec second amen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> second yep. amen. So now <clears throat> you finish your you finish your 15 year career playing overseas, and uh, you know, tell me about that first year. You know, when you took over as the head coach, and how was it? You know, how was it? Was was the transition like? Was it any every, anything everything you thought it would be? Was there one point where you're like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this, man. You know, I got to follow my dad. It's a lot going right. on. What, what was that transition? Uh, it was all of those things you just named. Uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a tough act to follow. That's for sure. My dad is my idol, still is, always has been, yes. and always will be. Uh, class personified, does everything the right way um, with class, uh, with professionalism. So it was it was it was some big shoes to fill. Um, my first couple years was rough, to be honest with you, coach. Uh, you know, I, I think my expectations were a little too high. I was short on patience. I remembered what I was right. as a player. I felt like I couldn't control outcomes of games because I was used to having a ball in my hand. And you know what I mean by that, being a former guard yes. yourself. Uh, so coaching yes. was tough, man. It was really tough. I got some great advice. 
had some conversations with some pretty, pretty good coaches that kind of told me, man, just lower your expectations a little bit, become a little more patient and, and, and you'll survive. And that's kind of what I've done each year. I think I've gotten better as a coach, a little more patient, a little more understanding, um, don't push as hard. I think young people nowadays are a little more sensitive. They're not as tough as we were. Um, yes. So that's an adjustment I had to make, and I've tried to make it. Um, but it was a tough adjustment. Um, uh, but I think with my dad's help, obviously, uh, him in my ear all the time, constantly, I always still look to him for advice. I'm humble enough that I can get advice from anyone, basically. Right. I have a good support system around me, and I think I've adjusted. And yes. It's a lot of fun. I have a great coaching staff with me also. Um, yes. So I have yes. Abdul Madison, who you know well, former player yes. for my dad, former um, NJAC first-team all-conference player. I just hired this past year, Dell Harrison, second leading scorer in the history of the school, 10-year coach, coached at Felician and Plainfield High School. Um, so I have a great coaching staff around me now. Um, so And that's, that's, you know, that's key too, man, to have good help around you. Ray John yes, Paul is yes. also assistant coach. He's been successful on the high school level and the junior college level. So I have a good group with me. So, you know, you know, obviously you when you have good guys with you and on the bench with you, that helps also. Yeah, that's I think that's the key, man. You know, just you know, having a good staff around you and you know, I mean, people will look at look at me and be like, "Well, you just coach high school. You don't understand what it likes to coach college." I was an assistant at North Rutgers North assistant at Bloomfield. And, you know, I learned, I learned a lot, you know, and the big thing that I learned through being an assistant is you're just an assistant, you know, nothing falls on you directly. Right. You know what I mean? But once I became a high school head coach, it was like, everything is, you got to make sure, put everything together. And the, the one thing that basketball teaches you as a head coach is That's patience. Right. <laughs> it teaches you That's patience because right. you think you got, you, you can, you can, want to run whatever you want to run but if you don't have the people to run it you that's right you know so i had to learn that very very quick like you need to slow down take it easy because i was having an issue with you know the sensitivity of the players and the the younger guys that the high school kids i was coaching and i got a lot of sound advice also from people where like look you got to scale back a little bit. It's not like when you That's were right. playing. These kids don't even play 21 no more. They don't That's know who right. that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I think the patience aspect is uh, very, very important. And, yeah, I learned, you know, I, we, we kind of learned the same thing, you know. But, um, yeah, those I, – I saw, like, the first year – the first couple of years was, you know, up and down, whatever. But you pulled it together. Obviously, you got some guys to come in. Um, how did recruiting go for you? You know, whether it was recruiting in state or out of state or in Essex County or a different right. county, you know, how did that, how did that yeah, work out? Yeah, worked out well so far. I mean, when we started off, the goal for me every year, Coach, is to be 500, to be honest with you, Dion. That, that's really my goal every year. The program has now been in my family for 38 years. Okay, my father was 25 years at the college. I'm going into my 14th year. So we're going into 39 years, basically the program being in the Brown family. Um, and in 39 years, there's been one losing season. My father never had a losing season. I had one losing season. We went 10 and 15 my second year coaching. So that was a bad taste I had in my mouth. So, I, you know, my goal is to never have a losing season. We haven't had one since. 
Um, and it starts with recruiting. And recruiting at our level is tough, man. We don't have athletic scholarships. What, what, what people don't realize is we do have academic scholarships. So obviously the better yeah. student you are, there is academic money available for you. So that, yeah. along with financial aid, um, depending on what area we're recruiting, what this, you know, young, young guy's background is, you know, obviously can help. So, um, but it's tough, man. And like you touched on it earlier, just the stigma of being division three is tough. The one thing I sell is I sell our program. I sell the conference, which is one of the best division three conferences in the country. And when you really think about yes, it, when it you is. look at it talent wise, Dan Jack is really a division two league. It really is. Um, so that's what I try to sell the rivalries, the games, the, the excitement uh, we draw. We were just um, a, a, a list came out of attendance and, and and crowd participation. We're number 30 in, in attendance in Division three in the country out of 419 schools. We're first in the NJAC. Uh, we average right around 700 um, spectators a game, and that's a lot, uh, especially for Division three. We probably draw probably more than St. Peter's and probably NJIT, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I try to sell those things. Um, but the program sells itself. And if you're a basketball junkie, which most kids in this area are, um, you know, th they know some of our history. But at Division Three, it's, it's a tough sell. It is. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But I think we've won enough. Uh, we've done enough. And if you come and visit the school, visit the facility, uh, see what we have to offer. Uh, we, we've had no problems recruiting. And it's, you know, I personally don't enjoy recruiting. I enjoy coaching more than recruiting. And I have guys on my staff that really enjoy getting out and going out to the high school games. And, um, you know, that's what we do because it, it's, it's, it's a necessary evil, you know. Uh, I think I, I think I can. Uh, I think I, I definitely understand why you don't uh, why you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Because you're probably like, look, man, I'm not about to keep coming to watch you play. And you, you know, you know, you know, act like. You know, you some five star athlete talking about you going here, right. going there. Like, look, but I, I get it. So you gotta, you you know, you gotta do the due diligence. And height recruiting is trickling down. Out yeah, of I now. wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a high school coach for nothing. That's that's a dirty yeah. game there. Yeah, it is. So I just just to give you a little touch on how it is in high school. So what happens in high school? You'll have these elementary leagues or these middle school leagues, and you'll see a kid, and you'll be like. You know, you talk to the parent. You say, "Look, man, I, you know, take your kid to be good for my program." And you know, if it's not one of the top programs, Roselle Catholic, Saint Pen Saint Benedict, Saint Pat's, or whatever the case is, they look at you like right. you got three heads. They, they, you know, no, nah, my kid is going to Hudson. He's going here, whatever the case is. And then what happened? What end up? When it, what end up happening is the kid transferred for maybe three or four times throughout right. his high school career. You know, and it's it's hard to be a high school coach. That's part of the reason why I'm coaching at the school that I'm coaching at, because I just got tired of getting burned by you have a guy for a year, you have him for two years, and then he finishes yeah, somewhere and else. And you develop him. You know, <laughs> right. Right. You put a lot of work and right. time into him. And I think that's where uh that's what people don't understand. And and people say to the high school coaches or the, or the college coaches, well, you know. Um, you can't control a kid or whatever. I'm not trying to control anybody. That's just, you know, like with the, the transfer portal they have now right. in college basketball. You know, it's it's crazy. You got guys that's playing at low D1s and then 
you know, they never get recruited by, they never get recruited out of high school. And then, you know, they play at like a, you know, let's say a St. Peter's or whatever the case is, Delaware or something like that. And then the kid have, gets rookie of the year, average 10, 15 points a game. Right. He's leaving. Right. He's not staying there. He's not leaving. But what about that coach that gave you the scholarship to come to that school when That's nobody right. was recruiting you? So I think everybody, you know, with parents, you know, play some of the players, some players have their own uh, motivation of what they want to do. So they use the, the new term is they use it as a bridge year. Let me see what right. I can get out of this, and then I go somewhere else. So that's definitely hard for for a coach, you know. And you got a guy over there that I coached that he starts campus, and I love him to death. And Denzel, Denzel, uh, what's Denzel? Like? Banks. Banks. Denzel, mm-hmm. Denzel Banks, and. He's one of the toughest kids that I that I've coached, you know, since I've been coaching. And his situation was, I'm like, Denzel, you need out of high school, I'm telling him, you need to go to right. AJCU. He's telling me I'm gonna go to Monroe, I'm gonna go here, <laughs> right. I'm gonna go there. He winds up somewhere else, and then I see him a year or two later. I'm like, right. now you're gonna go? I'm like, I told you this right. two years ago. But he had a conversation, me and him had a conversation. And I explained to him, I said, Denzel, you're going to play for Coach Brown. You're not going to play for a guy that's going to – he's not going to cater to you. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. You know, you probably don't know who he is, the ins and outs, but this is a perfect situation for you. You're going to grow up, and you're going to be you're going to be one of the better players around. And he became Absolutely. one of the better players. And, I, you know, and I think, I think he's learning from you, you know, just that discipline. A lot of kids need that discipline, man. Just expand on Denzel. Yeah, a Denzel's bit. a local guy from East Orange, one of the tougher kids that toughness. He's 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 an epitome of what we want in our program. And he's a guy that um, like you said, he went the JUCO route, you know. And what happens is too, Dion, is a lot of these guys are listening to the wrong people. Um, instead of listening yeah. to guys that have gone through what they're going through, they're listening to friends and they're listening to people that have no idea what they're talking about. And, you know, he went the JUCO route, realized it wasn't for him. And the good thing is that he recognized he made a mistake and now he's going in. Right. He'll be a senior for us next year. He just finished his most productive year. He should have been first team all conference. He was second team all conference. Uh, he's doing well academically. Uh, that's really the key for me. Um, he's uh, about a year and a half away from his degree with a year to play. He's probably going to be one of my captains next season. So we're looking forward to him having a productive and a real good senior year. Uh, but most importantly, he's grown as a young man um, in this in this past yes. two years with us. So um, just a local guy, local success story. And, you know, he's one of these guys that's just a great representative of what we want as both both basketball or student athletes on and off the court. And the fact that he's local means a lot to me, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, man. I You know, I, I'm, I'm just going to keep saying this. I'm going to keep saying it. And, you know, if you want your kid to get the full experience and the full, you know, teaching of how to become a young man or whatever the case is, you know, Mark Brown is a guy that, you know, parents and people need to look into. You know, it's just it's that simple, man. You know, they can, you know, think I'm being biased or whatever the case is, but it's been proven over the years, man. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is like the state of, you know, Obviously, it was different when you was in high school, when I was in high school. Just to, you know, what do you, you have, I don't know, you said you're not really found with the uh, the recruiting aspect. I get it. Um, just talk about, 
trainers like if you you don't have to if you don't want to if you're familiar with what they're doing because a lot of kids have trainers and all <laughs> that stuff and doing the different things me personally i feel as though it we, we live in a world where things are always evolving right technology you know, everything is getting better cars this whatever the case is treat body treatment of basketball all that stuff but i'm not a big fan of you know a kid, ha you have to, as a parent, you have to sign your kid up to have right. a trainer. You know, I tell my son, he's 16 years old, you want to learn how to play basketball? Me, <laughs> you can do that. Right. Can just go to the park. And, you know, I could teach you how to shoot. Right. Just just shoot. Shoot every day. You know, but just expand on that. You don't have to go into depth with it. But uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think... Um, I, th I think there's a space for it and there's a place for it, all right? I think it's being overblown now. I think our kids aren't playing enough. That's really my pers personal opinion. Right. Just five on five, three on three, getting in the gym on their own and just going yes. up and down. I think that's the best way to learn. Um, you learn situational basketball. You learn how to play hard. You know how to learn how to play with intensity. You can work on your skills. I think training and shooting guns and vertebrax machines and there's a place for that, but I think it's being overblown. I think it's overrated. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I give an example. Uh, we have a gun now at the school. I could I could care less if we bought it, had a gun or not. But my guys, as a recruiter, <laughs> oh, that's one of the first things out their mouths. And I always say to them during the game, you can't shoot with that contraption on the court. So, uh, <laughs> but they enjoy it, and I guess when you can work, shoot on your on your own without someone in the gym with you, it helps. Um, I think there's a place for it. I think, um, but I definitely put more of the emphasis on just learning how to play, and I think that's what we're missing. I think young young players, both male and female, are not getting up and down enough. You know, we played. You know, we went to parks, yes. we went to I gyms agree. and played five on five a lot more than what they do now. Uh, so I think. That's kind of my two cents on the subject. No, I, I, I agree with you, you know, and I, you know, I, that, and that's how I run my practices and, and my, the, everywhere I've been, my program and a lot of the guys that I coach with, that's how they, you know, they, um, they get their teams ready. Yeah. They have them play. You got, you got to, you got to learn how to play that's in the right. game situation and, uh, and, and just learn the ins and outs of the game. Like something is, basic is two-on-two basketball that's kids right. don't know how to You're play right. that coach like they pass the ball to somebody then they're running to get the ball back right. go, go screen away man go down there and screen and you know a lot of kids what i've what i've realized over the years is a lot of kids don't know how to play right. without the basketball. they don't know how to play without the ball and that's when you know the parent come in or the the whoever you know the overlooker or whatever it is or he's not getting his his touches you, I tell kids all the time, you want to get the basketball, right. go rebound. That's right. Go rebound the ball. Go rebound the ball. If you rebound that ball, you can shoot it all you want. I've never heard a kid complain about one of his teammates right. grabbing too many rebounds. I hear kids complain right. he's taking too many shots, he scored too much, he scored too many points or whatever the case is. But you never hear that. He's grabbing he, he got 20 boards. He, oh, let me go help out. That's Nobody right. Nobody wants to help on that. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's how I feel about it. You know, I feel as though it, it's a, it's a time and place for it. I don't put a big emphasis on it. We got we got two shooting guns in my school, and I probably used it, you know, maybe <laughs> right. three or four times. Right. And it's in the summertime. 
you know, and I tell guys, I got a drill that I use with kids. I tell kids, you want to get better? I call it a Superman drill. You take 50 jump shots inside the key, go get your own rebound. If you make it, if you miss, you go get your rebound, and go back to that spot, and then you take another right. 50 outside right. the key. They can't do it. Yeah. Because you're tired, and now you want yeah. somebody to rebound the ball. Yeah. Go get your own rebound. So little things like that. That's that's how I that's how I look at it. It's a, it's a time and place for it, but I think it's 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 too much, too it's involved too much with the kids, and you know, it's, it's kind of hurting them a little bit. <laughs> so um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was, you know, you go to some high school games, you watch some of these games, and I know, I know you coach, I know you got it, I know you like. I can't believe I'm watching this. I can't believe I'm watching this, man. You know, so, you know, not bad. I'm not bash. I, I speak how I feel, man. I'm not bashing nobody or whatever. I'm just saying that, you know, some of the guys that I've coached against, I can literally sit down in the chair the whole game. And I know if I make a couple adjustments, <laughs> they ain't going to know what I'm doing. You know, or I could play a two-three zone, and I know right. the other team they can't right. shoot and they can't pass. They're gonna try to dribble through the zone. So, with that being said, what's the state? What you, what do you think? That, that, what's the state of basketball in your eyes on the high school level within Essex County, Hudson County, Passaic County, all these counties that you you know? I'm, I'm guessing right. that you recruit right. from some well, of these I counties mean also. So just tell me what's, what you think the state is. We're going to start with the Essex County right. area because you're an Essex County guy. I'm an Essex County guy. So you see the Seton Hall preps, the Central, the West Side, the East Side, the, the uh, Shabazz right. and things of that um, nature. Well, I think it's falling off a little bit, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I don't think it has a, everything to do with coaching. You know, I think one of the things that I'm pleased with, if you look at okay. some of the coaches around the area, especially, you know, look at yourself, for example. We have some good former players. Mm-hmm. That that are coaches now, whether it's you, whether it's Elijah at at, at university, you know, there's some, there's some guys yes. that were former players yes. that are doing real good jobs. And I think when you're a former player and you've experienced the game on and off the court, and you have that experience, you can bring. I don't believe, you know, a lot of people believe, oh, former players don't make good coaches. I don't believe that. I think that's a ridiculous statement. Um, so there's some good coaches. I think a lot of it has to do with the young people. I think. A lot of young people nowadays are mentally weak. I think that's what it is. And I think um, that's really my okay. issue. That's why when we recruit, what we're looking for, we're looking for guys that play hard. That's number one. And are you coachable? We feel we can develop anyone as a staff. Um, but if you play hard and you're coachable, then I'm going to give you a serious look. You don't even have to be the most talented guy on the court. Um, but you're right. There are some gotcha. guys that don't have gotcha. a clue. Let's not name any names because we didn't be here all night. And I don't want to embarrass anybody. Right. <laughs> right. But there are some guys that have no clue. I think in Hudson County, one of the problems are, and I can speak on Hudson County, is that Hudson County, I believe you have to work at the school to be a coach in Hudson County. It's either you have to work at the school or you have to be an employee of the school district. And that's just absurd. You know, that, that is absolutely ridiculous. Right. So now you have some gym teachers who have never even played or coached basketball that hired his basketball coaches. That's just ridiculous. So I think there are different hurdles, uh, you know, in different areas, uh, you know, and, and I think, honestly, 
I think nowadays you just got some guys that aren't dedicated to their craft, Dion. And, and if you're not dedicated to what you're doing, the chance of you being successful are slim. And I think it's it's that simple. I totally on board with that. The other thing, <clears throat> I'm on board with everything you said. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, the one thing that I look at and I hear a lot of people say, you know, I, I, I listen, listen to a lot of people who have a lot of conversations with other people. And I'm coaching in Essex County and some of the uh, the top notch programs from when I was coming up, the Weekway, the Shabazz and uh, right. those teams were powerhouses. You know, you walk into Shabazz High School, you know, you know, you're going to lose, yeah. but you just don't know about how much, you know, and. You, it was always not that we were scared, but it was like you going to play Shabazz. You know they're all they have all they have always been good in basketball and football. And a lot of guys are saying today, well, well, what's going on with the rec program? What's up with the younger kids in the neighborhood or whatever the case is? I think it's very very simple. When I was coming up in high school and middle school, Coach Brown, Coach Kevin Brown, Coach Mark Copeland, those guys were at my practices every day giving me pointers, telling me the same thing that my, right. that the paid coaches was telling me. Those guys were volunteering their time. They didn't have to do that. So I tell kid, I tell dudes all the time, if you think, you know, there's a problem in high school basketball at whatever high right. school, go volunteer your time. Yeah, do something about it. 25 right? hours a week. Yeah. Do something about it. Don't sit back and tell me, oh, he can't shoot. Yo, there's not one coach in high school basketball. If a guy go up to him and say, "Hey, coach, man, I want to come in for you know 25 hours a week, free. You don't got to pay me nothing. I, I played here. I just want to help out, man. I'm I'm pretty sure that coach is gonna be right. willing and be open to that. You know. So my my thing with guys who who complain, the the older adults who complain about the the rec system is no good, that this is no good. Volunteer your time. Don't tell me what you think should be happening. That's right. If you're not doing nothing about it, you know that's that's just my spill on it. Um, <laughs> so far so good, man. You know, no problem. Any good time. stuff here, coach. Um, so I know you got. I have two. One. I have two boys. I have a now? freshman at Union High School, fourteen. Okay. And I have a, a okay. eight year old, a second grader. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. Got you. So is is uh yeah he is, played is, on the freshman team this year. He started at the point. Uh, so we'll see. You know he's small. Um, he actually has grown since mm -hmm. he started the season as a five two, uh, probably one hundred and ten pound uh, guard. Right now he's five six, and he's probably about one twenty five. So that's what we're working mm -hmm. on this summer, getting him a little strong. Obviously, Union's a pretty decent program, Group Four school, a lot of competition. Uh, yeah. But he enjoys it. You know, I don't put any pressure on either one of them. Just I want them to do what they enjoy doing. My dad didn't pressure me to play, and I'm not going to do the same. Just let them enjoy themselves. Hey, man, I need a guard at <laughs> North Academy, man. North Academy is a lot of money, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, we can work something yeah. up, Coach. Coach, I'm telling you, coach, we'll talk, we'll talk after this. You got we'll talk after this, man. I need a guard. Right. I need a guard. I got a big already. I need a guard, coach. See, I didn't see 
I because I, I remember when we when we was going to the gym doing right. doing open gym. He used to be running around. Right. You know, yeah, so he's, now a little, he's, he's doing now. all right. Yeah. Great student, doing well in school. That's what's most important for me. You know, honest student. Uh, you know, so I'm 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 proud of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And he's getting the right teaching, the right, you know, he, he, you know, he maybe he does and maybe he doesn't, you know, the legacy of you know of his father and his grandfather. I appreciate so he's, that. he's in he's in good hands, bro. So I'm gonna talk about uh you know my <laughs> my uh experience with you and when I, how I was first introduced to Mark Brown or at least when I thought I was doing something in basketball, <laughs> and you brought me back to reality. So I, this was, I don't remember what year this was, but I know I was, his, I had just finished playing college at Bloomfield and we were playing in the summer league and the, 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 uh, toward the, the league, Harry James somehow got the right, league to be at right. Bloomfield college. So we played a couple games there and our first game was against, Against Celt- you know, was your probably. team exit real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celtics, Celtics, Celtics. That was that was the team we playing against, and we're winning the game. We're winning the game, coach. It's like two minutes left. Two minutes left, and we're like, "Yo, we got them. <laughs> got these old jokers, man. We got them. We got them." I don't know. I, I think my boy Ahmad or somebody said something to you, man. And uh, we was up significantly. Mm. We were up by like nine, eight points. And he said something. I remember you calling timeout, walk back to the bench. I don't know what you said in the huddle, but it was three, <laughs> layup, foul, foul shot, layup. We wound up losing by, you know, two, three points. And then I had to tell Ahmad, no, <laughs> man, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you even say something to him? He's like, I don't know. I thought, <laughs> you know, I thought we had the game. I'm like, that's Coach, that's Mark Brown. You know, but then he was like, then we saw other games during the season where you were killing, and he was like, yo, man, I, <laughs> I, I ain't got nothing to say, man. I'm good. I should have never did that. But the point I'm trying to make is, like, you know, we had lessons. Yeah. My generation had lessons from guys like you. Ab, uh, um, what's my Al Watson? You know, guys like that that we that we watch that I watch, and I was like, I had to wait my turn. You know, like I couldn't go when I was in college. My senior, right. I, I couldn't go playing the pro am in East Orange because it was just right. you, Harry would let me sit with y'all, but he was like, you're not getting on the court, and when you do getting on the court, right. you better listen to exactly what they're telling you to do. You know, Absolutely. I think that's what's missing with a Absolutely. lot of with, our, with the younger generation now. You understand? No, no, you, you touched on, on a great bit. point. I mean, <clears throat> and obviously I had my mentors too, you know, and Harry James and my dad did a great job of running the Pro-Am. Uh, started obviously back in Elmwood Park. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a freshman in college and I was the first, Harry always told me I was the youngest player to ever play in the Pro-Am in East Orange. Um, I was a freshman at Siena and I played um, – with my dad's team. And then obviously my dad, as I got older, he put a different kind of team together and we were successful. But I had, I followed guys too. Marcus Gaither and Rob Cole from Orange. And those were my idols. I would go to the games and study yes. them. And, um, you know, and, and as I kind of, you know, those were my summers, man, just watching great basketball. And when I was able to get on the court, 
I just kind of, and that's what helped me through throughout college also, because I would go back to Siena after coming home in the summers and playing against some really good players, teams from New York. Johnny Johnson went to University of Virginia. I go on and on with names. Jeff Houston played for the Knicks. Um, so that yeah. was that was you know that was my boot camp. And you're right, you know, sitting down and watching. And some of these guys, it were NBA guys. Obviously, Rod Strickland and Mark Jackson played in the pro am. Um, but then there were some guys that didn't. Yeah, there were some yeah, guys that didn't Anthony make the Mason. league that were just as good. And I really mean that they were just as good. And those are the guys I studied. They were. Um, you know, and I guess I think in that era, too, it was different because we wanted to pass down knowledge. Like, you know, I appreciate all the compliments you've been giving me, but it makes me feel good that you think this highly of me. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure to pass down the knowledge yeah. to all the guys that came after me, whether it was you, whether it was Dennis Leonard, D-Rock, whether it was Elijah, whether it was Al Watson. And that's what it was. I think that's that's missing now. Yes. You know, we were and think about this, too, D, we, we were real prideful about this area too you know and the pro-ams you know our mission was yep. you know there yep. were teams from philly would come up new york teams we were jersey and we were representing jersey and that's what it was all about so um you know i think all of that is definitely you know, i think loyalty is missing commitment is missing you know i played for the celtics we basically had the same team for 10 summers <laughs> you know and yeah. until yeah. we stopped playing together yeah. and we always played together you know, I didn't go from team to team and all that kind of stuff. And we were loyal to each other, committed to each other. And even though it was a summer league, it was a big deal. So I think that love and that commitment and that 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 love just for this area in the game ha has changed a little bit too. Yeah, no, I I totally <clears throat> agree. But the one thing you said that you were, you know you were willing to pass down that that knowledge to younger guys. The big thing with yeah, that, the younger guys was receptive to it. You know, they was receptive. They were willing to 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 listen to when to when a, a Mark Brown or right. whoever the case is tell you, you you garbage. You know, you can take that however you want to take it. You know, the fact that he even talking to you, you know, you should be happy. But you know, like now, you know, when I talk to younger guys, right. you know, they, it's always where you play at. Listen, man. You know, but like <laughs> right. I said, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But um, it's always, you know, you got to be, you got to play that division one or whatever the case is, you know. Um, we're getting ready to wrap it up. You know, the last thing I want to ask you is just, uh, just talk about, you know, what's in the future for Coach Brown, whether it's, you know, being at NJCU. I know you guys made the tournament a couple of times and uh, you want to um, obviously right. win a division three championship. That's always the goal, you know, and uh, just talk about what, you know, your dad, you know, yeah. mean to you, man, and your parents for that matter, you know, just talk about, you know, the impact he had on your life and how, you know, he's still blessed to be, you know, going down to Rutgers North working there. Yeah. He's uh he's like, I told you earlier in the podcast, you know, he's my idol, man. And it's always been, just all the things he's done, the things he's gone through. My dad was obviously one of the first minority coaches in this state, in Hudson County, first county champion. He was one of the first minority coaches in the NJAC. You know, he's been through a lot, man. And, uh, you know, obviously he was a former great player. He went to Morgan State as a freshman, finished up at Jersey City State, which is now in JCU. Uh, he played in the Rucker Pro, played a lot of semi-pro ball. Um, and he's a guy that I just, you know, 
he's the guy I lean on still to this day. I just turned 50 this summer, last summer, and I still I still talk to him. Yeah, appreciate it. And I still bless, bless. talk to him daily about the game, about recruiting. Uh, you know, I'm a sponge when it comes to him. He's never steered me wrong, and I'm confident that he never will steer me wrong. Um, as far as me as I'm concerned, like I said, I'm I'm going into my 14th season. It's going fast. We've been to the NCAA tournament three the last four years. Uh, we have a couple of regular season titles, you know, a tournament title, an ECAC title. I'm just enjoying it. Uh, I always get asked, often get asked about you know what my my goals are as a coach. Do I want to move up? I've had opportunities to move easily to Division Two. It's not really a dream of mine. You know, if this perfect situation came up, I'd have to look at it. But uh, I'm pretty cool where I am right now. I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. Uh, I have our graduation rate at 81. Mm-hmm. percent uh, I want to get that up closer to 100. Um, yeah. But if an opportunity came that was kind of a, a no-brainer. I would take it. Uh, got a call a couple years ago about possibly joining Sienna's staff. Uh, you know, it's kind of going to be tough for me now to go somewhere and be an assistant. <laughs> to be honest with you, after being head coach for 14 years, yeah, it's <laughs> that's, that's going to be a tough move. But I'm, like, I'm enjoying man. it, man. I'm taking it day by day. I appreciate everything that I have. Uh, I appreciate every day, every moment. Um, and my goal is just to be as successful as I can at this level and keep the program on a national level. We've been ranked in the top 25, basically three out of the last four years. It is 419 Division three schools. Uh, obviously, to crack that type 25 is a, is a big deal for me. Yeah, so we're just trying to keep this thing going, man. Like I said, I have a great staff around me, and I'm having a lot of fun. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, coaches, you know, uh, police officers, teachers, uh, nurses, you know, whatever, whatever job where you're man, helping people, absolutely you're doing God's work, man. That's the way I look at it. You know what I'm saying? Whether, you know, because, you know, you're taking people, kids in and you're doing it the right way. I know that you're doing it the right way. I have had, I got guys that you know, speak highly of you like, yo, Coach Brown taught me this, Coach Brown taught me that. Uh, the father and the son, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was, like we spoke about off off uh, record, like, you know, I had my chance to play for Coach Brown, you know, for Charlie Brown, and I, I didn't, you know, I got caught up with the, you know, I, I want to play the Division Two school and all this nonsense, and uh, I didn't realize that, you know, I just wasn't informed. You know, I wasn't informed. You know, my parents just wanted to make sure that I stayed out of trouble and I played basketball and didn't get in no trouble. But not knowing that, you know, NJCU would have been a perfect situation for me because here it is. Right. Coach, not saying the coaches at Bloomfield didn't want me. You know, it was a tough situation for me there because the guy that actually brought right. me in, he wound up leaving the school. So you had to, I had to prove myself all over again to a new coach. You know what I'm saying? But I'd have been in a situation at NJCU where there's a guy that wants you. I knew everybody that was coming in, all the players. Right. And I, didn't, I didn't make it happen. But everything happens for a reason. I got no regret. <clears throat> I had a great career there at Bloomfield. But if it's one thing I could <laughs> change, right. I'm I sure my father would have loved to have you, too. But he, he offered, your, your, name, your name comes up yeah, a lot. For yeah. sure. Like, I... So much respect for you, Doc. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the show, 
you know, we always ask, <clears throat> we always ask, I guess, like, you know, what's your well, top well, five well. NBA players of all time? <laughs> I can go first, so you can. Go yeah, first. you can go first. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to, to hear what first? you have to say. All right. I, okay. Okay. Uh, you, you're gonna be proud of me, Coach. Check me out. <laughs> uh my top five is uh. First of all, let me just put this out there. I'm 38 right. years old. Coaches, coaches, 50 years old. He, he. I know what he's thinking. I know. I know he's probably <laughs> thinking I'm gonna say something crazy, and I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Hold on. Here we go, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Charles Barkley. Right. And it don't have to be in no right. particular order. And uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Wow, not bad. Uh, not Kareem bad. Abdul-Jabbar. That's that's my fault. Right. No, I, some, no. I know I don't have yeah, a true guard in there. Not bad. Right. I just think on sheer willpower alone, Michael, Kobe, right. and Charles, they'll find a way to get it done. You know, but that's no, that's just a good five. five. Not bad. What you actually. think? I'm you good. Know, couple couple guys we have a similar. Okay. Uh, you know, uh mine is in no order. It's Kareem okay. and Mike, definitely. Kareem and Mike, definitely. Um, I have Oscar okay. Robinson, uh, and, and he, he's a lot older than I am. But I knew it. I knew it. Go there's ahead. no way uh, anytime you can average a triple-double for three seasons, you have to be in the top five. I have Wilt Chamberlain uh, because anybody that can average 50 points and okay. 25 rebounds in a season and any era has to be in the top five of all time. And then my fifth is probably Magic Johnson, the best point guard to ever play the game to me. Um, completely controlled the game from one position, was the, probably the most versatile player. Um, and I, you know, I know you, 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 you named Kobe and Barkley in them, but I think when it all comes down to it, and when it's all over, mm-hmm. I think LeBron's going to creep up in there. LeBron is a combination of Magic and and Michael Jordan to me. Uh, LeBron in my lifetime is the most complete basketball player that I've witnessed play the game. Uh, so, but your five ain't bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> Not bad at all. Appreciate appreciate yep. that, Coach. I like your five. You like my five. Yeah. That's a good that's a good five right there. I like that. Coach, I want to thank you for coming on and, and talking to me and lending me your time. It's greatly appreciated. Um if you <clears> want to just say what's up to anybody, this is your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I just like to say not, hello to everybody okay. listening and everybody in the New Jersey area, man. I'm a I'm a Jersey guy, born and bred, proud of New Jersey, mm-hmm. in particular North Jersey, and in particular Essex County, even though I live in Union County now, but I'm an Essex County guy at heart. Um, and, and and just keep plugging it for all the young players out there, if you're listening, it's all about working hard and be receptive, being receptive and working hard. That's what, that's what this game is about now.